Welcome to the Daily Devotion with Pastor Terry Reynolds. I'm so glad to be with you today as we gather together to to talk about the Gospels. Isn't that so exciting to to think that we get together together these daily times and, and just be talking about the life of Jesus? You know, we love singing the songs of Jesus and and encouraging people in their walk with the Lord, but actually just to sit here and read the events and talking about the events of of his life, I think it's so thrilling. Well, of course, where we left off yesterday, those Pharisees and the Sadducees, even the Herodians are now getting in, into it. They're plotting together to put Jesus to death because he was healing on the Sabbath day. He just simply told him, he says, hey, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. I'm the one to put the Sabbath into existence. I can do what I so want. Do you think that deterred Jesus for continuing to heal people on the Sabbath? Oh, no. In verse 1 of Mark chapter 3, we read, But he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. And he said unto the man who had a withered hand, Step forward. Then he said to them, Is it lawful to Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept their silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by their hardness of their heart, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out immediately and plotted with the Herodians against him that they might destroy Jesus. And so here we have this picture in our mind of this man whose one hand was now withered. It was We don't know exactly what had happened. It could have been a farm accident or out there when he was fishing, but it left him crippled. And Jesus saw that as he went into the synagogue, and here there was this man who wasn't able to do maybe the work that he used to do, able to provide for his family. Of course, what's Jesus going to do? He healed him on the Sabbath. And he just simply asked him, is it okay? What's wrong with you guys? What are you thinking? Is it okay to do good on the Sabbath? Of course it is. But yet they kept their silence while Jesus was speaking, but Behind their their back, I mean, behind the back of Jesus, they started plotting with their arch enemies, the Herodians, to put Jesus to death. So sad, so sad. And when what the Lord said uh, said to them, and later on when we get to Matthew chapter twenty three, when the Lord finally has enough with them, enough of these religious people, he saw that their problem was was the hardness of heart, and I think that's a real danger. When we become so stubborn, we're, we're, we're not pliable, we're not flexible to God's Spirit to work within our hearts, where we get so set in our ways, set in our traditions, that we're not allowing the Spirit of God to minister to us. May we always be open to the Lord. And so it tells us now that as he goes on, it, it tells us here in Matthew chapter 12, it says, And when Jesus knew it, knew what? Knew that they were plotting to put him to death. He withdrew, withdrew from there, and a great multitude followed him, and he healed them all. Don't you love, the, love this story? 
the regular folks, they saw what Jesus was doing. They were hearing what he was saying, and they were responding to him. And so they weren't caring what the Pharisees were, were all about. They were more concerned about Jesus. May we always follow the Lord. Even, you know, when you think about Christianity in today's world, how it goes against the grain of most people. I was hearing of an atheist who just wants to, in God we trust, take it off of everything lately. You know, the world doesn't like the things that God has to say. It never has. But may we always follow the Lord and stay true to him as the great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. Don't you love this? Again, this is the Sabbath day. Yet Jesus has taken time to see the ones who are sick, how he's healing them all. And yet he warned them that not to make him known, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom the, my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoking flax he, he will not quench till he send forth justice to victory, and in his names Gentiles will trust. Beautiful prophecy of so long ago of Isaiah. Speaking how... Uh, even Gentiles are going to trust in him. You know, I think if if those religious people at that time would have been really reading their scriptures, they would see that the gospel came not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles also. As we'll see as we move into the book of Acts, how the gospel was spread around the whole world because God so loved the world. Then it tells us, but when Jesus withdrew uh, with his disciples to the sea, uh, the great multitudes followed him. And they came from Judea, Jerusalem, Adonium, beyond the Jordan, and those of Tyre and Sidon, a great multitudes, when they heard how many things he was doing, came to him. And he said, and he told his disciples that a small boat should be ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. Can you picture this? They were just almost so forcing himself upon him. He was thinking ahead. He says, you know what? We better take care of this. Go find a small boat. And for he had healed many so that many that had afflictions pressed him round, he pressed him to touch him. And, and so word was getting out that Jesus is healing. Wouldn't you want to bring your friends, your neighbors, your aunt and uncles, and your relatives to bring them to the Lord just to, in order to ha touch him? And the unclean spirit, otherwise those who are demonic or demon-possessed, and whenever they saw him, they fell before him and cried out, saying, You are the Son of God. But they sternly warned them that they should not make him known. See, the demons knew who Jesus was. In fact, James tells us that the demons not only know who he is, but they tremble. They know who he is, the Son of God. And he went up into the mountain, it tells us in Mark chapter 3. And he called him to the, those he himself wanted. And they, and they came to him, and then he appointed twelve, that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach 
They have power to heal sickness and cast out demons. And so here we see the calling of the twelve as they were going out. Then now they've just been with Jesus for a short period of time at this point. But yet the Lord's saying, go on out. Go tell people of the good news of the kingdom of God. You know, you might say to me, well, Pastor Terry, I'm not experienced. I haven't been to Bible college. I haven't, you know, gone to, you know, theological school. But if you got Jesus, let me tell you, you got enough. There people are looking for the hope that you have. And I think it's good as you're talking to people, you tell them about the Lord and maybe you won't have all the answers and you just simply tell you, tell them and say, well, you know what? Let's read our Bibles. Let's just see, seek the Lord and let God speak to you on those issues. But the important thing is, do you have hope in your life? And as you spend time talking to them, you'll be surprised how they'll listen and they'll respond to their need, their need for Jesus. As we go on, in Matthew chapter 12, excuse me, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. As Jesus has seen the multitudes, he went up on a multitude, and when he seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened up his mouth and taught them. And so you, could you see the picture in the momentum building? So many people are now around Jesus as they left the synagogue there in Capernaum. As he's moving along the water bank and the crowd's still coming, he gets on the boat and he's speaking and he's healing so many. So finally, he retreats up alongside of this, this side of this uh, mountain or mount there by the Sea of Galilee. As he sits down and he brings his disciples, he starts teaching them. What's he going to be teaching the, the disciples in the next few days? It's the greatest sermon that has ever been given. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount. I would encourage you to spend some time, maybe even today, to read over uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 3, and go ahead and read it all the way down to verse number 10 or verse number 11. It's not very many. They're known as the Beatitudes. We'll be talking about those tomorrow as we spend this exciting time each and every day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so until next time, this is Pastor Terry. May God richly bless you. Thank you for taking part in today's program. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at terryreynolds at agapechapeloc.org. Again, that's terryreynolds at agapechapeloc.org. Or you can write us at Agape Chapel. P.O. Box 4023, Huntington Beach, California, 92647. May God richly bless you.